understand God's design. Any, anything that we get, anything that there is, we need to understand what was this designed for. And we need to ask that of, of everything in life. What is the design for this tool? What is this designed for? And we live in a, in a society, I don't know if it's different than other societies, but it's often like um, uh, out with the old, in with the new. And um, the book of Proverbs says, don't, don't remove the ancient landmarks. Don't tear down a fence until you know why it was put there. And in many cases uh, throughout history, um, the baby's been thrown out with the bathwater, to use another cliché, and we later realize at what cost and what expense that was. And when it really comes to this whole aspect of of churches and church membership that we looked at tonight, this morning, um, we want to continue on that tonight and look at the purpose for membership. What what is God's purpose in this? What is His plan? We saw this morning um, from biblical examples that um, God has designed the local body to work together. But one of the purposes that God has for church membership is identity. That we said this morning, the requirements for church membership are salvation by faith alone. And then publicly identifying through baptism, I am a follower of Christ and I am trusting his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection for the forgiveness of my sin. And receiving Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and following him in the waters of baptism that we're doing is a local church ordinance that we're doing in the confines of fellow believers. It's, it's like we're putting on God's uniform, if you please. It's like we're saying, I want you to know... I'm one of you. I am a follower of Christ. It is making a, a visible, real commitment to Christ and his people. Um, you think about it. We have, we have been very favored in the liberties and the freedoms that, that we have had up to this point. But throughout history... Um, Christianity in many, many places and in many, many centuries, it has not been a favorable thing. And the vast majority of the public was against Christianity. And so a follower of Christ, when they identified and they said they came to a group of believers and they said, I want to identify with you, I want to join with you, I am a follower of Christ it really was meaningful. It was an identity. Brother Hannah Shaheen um, tells that today around the world there are many people that knowing when they identify with Christ and a local assembly like this know that they are marked individuals and yet they're willing to identify. And really what this is is 
It's the identification. I just want you to know I am all in here. This is what I believe. I am a follower of Christ. I am committed to the Word of God. And I am putting my hat in the ring. I'm putting my gloves on, if you please. I want you to know that um, that you can count on me, and I am for you, and I will help you, and so on. But it's it's that identification, and we alluded to that a little bit this morning. Secondly, the purpose of membership is that it gives purpose. Why does God give you and I gifts? So that we can just say, wow, look at, look at what I can do. Look at the gifts that I have. Why does he give the gift of teaching or exhortation or organization, administration, or these various gifts? It's not anything for us. Why does he give us the various experiences that we have? Why does he want us to grow If not to share with others, there is no purpose. It's not that we get in a trophy case and say, look at me, look who I am. That's not it. That's not it at all. What is the purpose of growth spiritually? We're we're commanded in scriptures, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's the purpose of the growth if it's not to benefit others? And, and being involved in and identifying with the local assembly is, is part that gives us purpose. That, as we mentioned this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, our various organs, our gallbladder, our liver, our heart, our hand, it understands that, hey, I may be a part that's not seen or noticed, but I have a purpose here because I am contributing something that is vitally important. And in understanding that, every member in the body, God said every member he puts in there with a definite purpose and purposes. Thirdly, a purpose of, of membership is to bring maturity. Functioning in a body, gives you opportunities to grow, gives you opportunities to learn, gives you opportunities to love, gives you opportunities to die to self, gives you opportunities to serve, and we could go on and on. It's one thing to say, I am a follower of Christ and to sit in our little house or big house or monastery and never intersect with anybody else. The real test of our Christianity is when we start working with people. Because when you start working with people, then there's going to be some hard-to-work-with people sometimes come up. And then we find out what kind of Christianity we have. Then we find out, do I really have God's forgiveness in my heart? Am I able to forgive them? Do I really have God's mercy in my heart? Am I able to be merciful to them? Do I really have God's love in my heart? 
is this all about me or can I die to self? And and when when you get involved in a church, you're going to have many, many opportunities with that. The, the opportunities in, in dealing with, from simplistic little things, um, from providing cookies and bars. Oh, man, I don't really want to do that, but they called and asked. Okay. To, I think this is something that, that we ought to do. I mean, there are, there are often things that, in, from my personal perspective, it's just God saying, okay, just die to self. It's not about you and what you want. I, this is just a little thing, but this is kind of how my mind thinks. When we were voting on whether to pave the parking lot out here, I thought, man, that is a waste of money. That money could go to missions. That money could go to something else. Well, the church voted to pave the parking lot. No big, I mean, fine, let's go for it. And we had the hammerheads out there, didn't we, Jason? We were out there. They know people that know something, and they know people that don't know anything. The people that don't know anything, grab that sledgehammer, and you go drive those stakes in for the forms. We were the hammerhead crew. So I, I really wasn't. Greatly for that, I'm happy it's there. I went and helped. But you know what? There's some people, things don't go the way they think it should, and they never, ever, ever forget it. And they sit back and just hope it, I hope that pavement cracks up and doesn't work right, and I hope it gets so slick on the ice that somebody slides their car, and I told them we should have never done that. I know. You can see it on your face. Not really. Well, sometimes you can, really. But in dealing with people, honestly, be honest, it would be a lot easier to not be involved in a church, would it not? That's right. That's right. You can count on a kid to speak the truth, right? Man, I don't know what's been going on in that Northway home, but... <laughs> if, honestly, how many of you in the last month have thought, oh man, it sure be nice to just sit home tonight. How many of you thought it tonight? Okay, see? It, it would be a lot easier, but, but that's where it comes down. It would be a lot easier to not have to deal with other people and, and those things. But God puts us in the body, and it's through that that we grow, and through coming along, and, and not, not just the bad things either. It's coming along and bearing up one another and, and rejoicing together and praying together and, and seeing that and ministering together and being ministered unto. And then God turns it around and you're able to minister to others. And the reality is that's, that's 
one of the places that God designed to produce maturity. But God also designed the membership to teach us obedience. Okay? Just like we said, there's, there's times I'd rather not be here, we just said. Okay? But God says to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And some of you are already saying, yeah, but it doesn't say we need to meet three times a week. No, it says... Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So really, we ought to meet Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, if you really believe the Lord's... See, that's what Hebrews 10.24. What do you find going on in Christianity today? Less and less meetings. Part of it is because it's easier. You know, it's easier. Many of you drive a long ways to get here. That takes a commitment. And and the reality is it's a step of obedience. And it's a step of obedience um, coming together and being under authority and and supporting and helping. It's a step of obedience that, that God gives to us. Okay, God, I'm showing you I love you. And, and I want to be with God's people. And I want to be strengthened and established. And I want to be brought to maturity. And, and God, this is your plan. And this is a way that you do that. And so... I am committed to that. And then God has a purpose for it, for testimony. God said in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21 that He is able, in verse 20, that He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And then He says, To Him... Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To Him be glory in the church. That doesn't just mean that there's glory when there's a lot of people. There may be a lot of people or few people and no glory. Or there may be a lot of people or few people and much glory. The glory is when we are really functioning as a body. When we willingly serve one another. When we die to self. When we're committed to God's ways. When we're committed to the truth. The New Testament uses metaphors for the church. It uses the, the word body that we looked at this morning. also uses the temple. uses the word flock that we we looked at that a little bit this morning and also a household and all imply a specific group of people that are committed to the Lord and to one another and he gives us those pictures to try to help us to understand God's design to be a stone in his temple means that that we're Coming together, we're, we, we use the illustration today. 
we may just be a, a block, so to speak, in, in building the wall here, okay? We may be on the corner there, and we might think, well, I'm, I'm not that important. No, you are important to build the temple, and we're coming together, and the temple was a place of worship. And, and when we don't do our part, and somebody else doesn't do their part, there's not glory to God. How is there glory? You know, sad to say, in, in many, many churches, there is not a lot of glory brought to God. And we need to ask ourselves, God, how can we bring you glory here? What can I do? But a stone in the temple, I am willing to step in here, do my part, and gladly help build this as a place that truly brings glory to God through worship. To be a part of the body means that we belong to a living, functioning, serving, witnessing community. That it's, it's a body, it's, it's growing, it's living, it's, it's doing something, it has a purpose. It is living. To be sheep in the flock means that we are a community that is dependent upon the great shepherd for our food as sheep are dependent on the shepherd for food, for protection, for direction. And to be a member of the family, the family of God, is to belong to a community bound by the common fatherhood. Put together, we have um, unique functions as individuals, but we are all part of the same family. And we are meant to fulfill these roles. This is part of it. And as we do, there is glory because God looks down and he sees, look how they're ministering to one another here. And, and here's someone that, that um, is in need or a, a baby Christian. Or here's someone that is struggling in their faith. And look how they're coming together and, and helping. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen. God didn't intend that to be the ministry of, of pastors or just leaders, that's the whole body functioning together. And that brings glory to God. Now, membership means, in, in another aspect, that we are all necessary parts of the whole. I mean... You, this week, someone came to you and said, um, I'm sorry, you have to give up one member of your body. What, what member would you give up? Well, maybe my little toe. Or maybe my left ear. I can't hear that good out of it anyway. Or That'd be a pretty tough decision. The reality is we are all necessary parts of the whole. Every, every person that God puts in this body is a necessary part. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 said, don't you get the attitude, oh, we don't have need of them. He said, no, 
That's not right. We are all necessary parts of the whole. Secondly, we are all different, but we still work together. What what makes a team? It's all these different individuals. I mean, a team is made up of different personalities, different individuals. I mean, you just you just think of a football team. Most of these football teams, you see them big linemen out there, and they usually have pretty good-sized bellies on them. Right? I'm not saying that bad. I'm. That's why they stay out on the field when there's a timeout and don't walk over. We don't want to wear them out, all right? They, I picture them, they're like a bunch of bulls out there. Now, you take the running backs, they're completely different than, than the um, linemen. And the quarterback is different than the running back, and usually the wide receivers. And then you get into the defensive backs. They're, they're usually these 5'10", small guys, you know. 5'10 is big around here, all right, but I'm just kidding. But they're small guys. And then the game comes down, the final minute, and out comes this Five foot eight, hundred and thirty five pound guy, and he's going to win the game. We lined him up. Let's see if he can kick a fifty seven yarder. This little guy can't. Do they disregard him because he's little? No, he's got a good leg. We want him on our team. Do they disregard this guy because he's a third string running back? Or third-string quarterback? Ohio State didn't disregard the guy last year, and the third-string quarterback led him to the national championship. Why? Because you need everybody. Do we disregard people? Uh, Maybe not verbally, but what do they have to offer me? No, that's the wrong question. It's what do I have that I can offer them, and what can I learn from them? We are different, but we still work together, together, okay? (laughs) Thirdly, everything we say and do is to be based on a biblical foundation of love. What would love do? Now, most of the time we hear 1 Corinthians 13, and that is the... What chapter? Love chapter. Where most of the time do we hear that? At weddings. It was written to a church in a church situation. A church that had divisions. And the real application of 1 Corinthians 13, I'm not saying it's wrong to apply it in marriages and weddings, but we seldom apply it in a church and, and every motive, then, of everything that we say and do should be based on the, the biblical principle of love. Love suffers long and is kind. Now, think of it in a, in a church situation. Think of it in, in dealing with people. Don't think of it right now in husband-wife. 
Love suffers long and is kind. You might be a person that's quiet and doesn't say a whole lot. And there might be a person that sits around you that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. I don't know how they got so much stuff. His job isn't that much better than mine. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek his own. I want this, I want that. Is not easily provoked. What does it take to get you upset? If love is our motive, it's going to take a lot to get. Is not easily provoked. Think of it in a church setting. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things. I can bear this. Love will endure this. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. And that's the setting that he says everything we do. Oh. Is love motivating this? Do I need to say this? Is it something that is motivated by love? Is this something that I should do? Fourthly, membership means functioning. It's giving abundantly and serving without hesitation. God placed us in churches to serve, to care for others, to pray for leaders, to learn, to give, and in some cases... Throughout history, it has been because I am a follower of Christ to give their lives. See, it's not like we talked this morning. It's not a membership that entitles me to something. It's a membership. I'm a member. I'm an organ of this body. I am here to contribute. And I'm not not just talking financially. I am here to add to the body my experience, my life, my gifts, And it's not, I am so special. This is what God's called me to. For some, membership is about receiving instead of giving, about being served instead of serving, about rights instead of responsibilities. We're not entitled to anything. He puts us in the body to serve. And will serving be hard? Yeah. But that's where he purifies us. That's where he strengthens and establishes us. And he puts us there, and we are to be functioning, giving abundantly and serving without hesitation. Okay? How can I serve? Looking for ways to serve. How can I be a blessing to others? It's not sitting back and saying, you know what, I've never got an encouragement card from anybody. Nobody's ever invited us over for dinner. That's not it. It's who does God want me to encourage this week? Who could I write an encouragement card to this week? I mean, don't 
don't make it a don't make it harder than it is. I wonder, will I send an encouragement card to the wrong person? God might frown on that. I don't think so. I mean, how many of you have ever gotten an encouragement card that said, just want you to know I'm thinking of you and praying for you. I didn't need that this week. No, first of all, you're glad to get anything in the mail besides junk mail and bills. Did any of you get any real live letters this week? I'm just curious. From a person, person to person in your mail. Two of you, three of you did, okay? See how easy it'd be to encourage someone? You're saying, I know what some of you, Pastor, you are so old-fashioned. We don't use snail mail anymore. We text, Snapchat, chat, snap, flish, flash, Twitter, twatter. I don't know what you do. But do it. Are you encouraging anybody? When's the last time you just texted someone and said, I just want you to know that I am thinking of you and I am glad you are a brother in Christ. I'm praying for you today. Man, how many of you would like that? Okay, then do it this week. Got you there, didn't I, huh? If you want it, do it. And I'll tell you what, people still like getting real mail. They still like getting that. But that's the functioning. And there's great joy when when you follow the Lord's leading and you do that, and someone comes up, and this isn't why you do it, but this is the icing on the cake, and they come up to you and say, I just want you to know I was having a bad day, and that really, really helped me. It's like, whew, wow, God is good. There's glory to, in the church then. See, church is much more than just coming and sitting in here and hearing this guy rattle on. It's ministering as a body. So the question is, what are you going to do this week to function? What are you going to do this week to um, be what God wants you to be? Absolutely. You know, if it was just about worship, the perfect place for... uh, There's a lot of good places to go worship. If it was just about worshiping God, I'd go out to the mountains in Montana a nice mountain stream where no other people around and God and I, man. Amen? Any of you share that? But it's not just about worship. It's not just about me getting from God. God, give me, give me, give me. And okay, God, I'll give you praise. God left us here to touch other people's lives. And it takes effort. I mean, absolutely, there's, there's a lot of times that a lot of us want to be someplace else. But you know what? I've always found when you obey God, He takes care of how things turn out. And I've found that sometimes the things I might want to draw back if I let God just lead. He produces things that I think, wow, that was good. 
And even if it doesn't, it's good because it's obedience. So God designed this. It's his design. We need to work with it. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would make this personal in our lives and that we would become a church that brings great glory to you. Lord, through the functioning, through the ministering to one another, through your grace flowing through us, Lord, freely we have received. May we freely give. Lord, you have loved us. May we learn to love like you. May the gifts that you've given to us bless many. Lord, may the experiences that you've put in our lives be a help to others. And I pray today that you would help us to have a renewed commitment to walk in your spirit, to walk in love. And, Lord, that we would guard every word that we speak, every action that we take, and may it bring great glory to you. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.